0: Everybody all over the world, if you are looking to get your voice heard on the Midgard Musings podcast, you have the option to call in, leave a voicemail, and be featured on the podcast. So all you have to do is to whatever country that you're in, you need to dial one to reach the United States. Area code 615 671 two is the hotline number. Just call in, leave your voicemail there, and I will review it. And I would love to feature your message here on a future Midgard Musings podcast episode. Really excited to feature this opportunity on this platform. So again, that number is 615-671-9832. It is a local United States domestic number. So if you are outside of the country and you need to reach the U.S., dial 1 uh, for the U.S., 615-671-9832. Go ahead and call into the podcast. Leave your message there. I am looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so very much for supporting what I do here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on Midgard Musings. Hey, everybody. Do you guys enjoy what I do here on the podcast? And do you enjoy listening and watching to what I do on YouTube as well? Maybe you're trying to think of a way to help support these projects and, and the content that I release. Well, I'm going to give you one idea to think about, and that is Patreon. I'm not sure if you realize it, but Midgard Musings is available to become a patron uh, to on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings, and you can help support What I do here on the podcast and across my other social media platforms for just as little as a dollar a month if you so choose, right? So if everybody who's listening and watching what I do pledged just $1 a month, that would help tremendously. There are other tier levels of support that you can choose on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings and see what fits you over there. As always, thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jesse. This is Crow. Um, Loved your podcast. It was great, as always. Um, And I like that you uh, came upon the stanza 140. It reminds me of growth, you know, like whether it be personal growth as a solitary heathen or growth as like a gothi, or a chieftain or even a tribe. Um, Words lead to word words, excuse me, and deeds lead to deeds. You know, you kind of put your feelers out, you talk, and um, you make things your own, kind of like how you had touched on uh, previously. Uh, The only question I have, which hopefully this will spark some uh, further conversation, which would be awesome, um, do you or your tribe have any rituals for uh, hunting, like before hunting? or um, as you have uh, the game down. As always, hail Odin and drink plenty of water.
0: All right, folks, hail and welcome back to another episode of Random Healing Ramblings on the Midgard Musings Podcast. I'm so excited to be here, really looking forward to uh, today's episode. Thank you so much, uh, Gothi row from, I believe it was the Deathlanders tribe out in Idaho, checking in again with that awesome voice message that he sent in to the platform that you just heard. You guys are wondering how to do it. You too can send in a voice message to the Midgard Musings podcast and be featured on random heathen ramblings by going to anchor.fm slash Midgard Musings in any web browser on any device. You'll see a number of options, one of which is to send a voice message, and if you do so, you will be given the opportunity to record a one-minute-long uh, message, and you can send it to me. I will get it and can feature you on the podcast as well. Uh, if you wanted to say something just a little bit more and you want to have uh, you know, some more dialogue or you want to share something and you need a little bit more than just a minute, I know some of you out there are quite the wordy ones <laughs> – You can call the Midgard Musings hotline, and that number is 615-671-9832. As you also heard before, don't forget to uh, remember that standard rates apply wherever you're dialing from around the world. So anyways, my name's Jesse. If you are the first-time listener, which I'm sure I get a lot of repeat listeners, but then you get those ones that I'm looking at on our – handy dandy analytics platform and I see, you know, all kinds of new, you know, playtime and, and, and listenership and, and growing all over the world still uh, holding strong with you know eighty six percent of our listenership is in the US but we got some awesome supporters in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, uh, and even in like Scandinavia. We got listeners in Sweden, the Netherlands. Um and then across the border, you know, Finland over there, Germany, Mexico, Switzerland, Austria, France, the Faroe Islands, so many different places all over the world. Thank you all so much uh, for listening. And even if you want to just send a quick message and tell me where you're listening from and what you think of this podcast, um, you can do so, like I said, anchor.fm slash Midgard Musings. Or if you have a mobile device and you want to download the Anchor app, just download it from your app store, whatever platform you're on search for my podcast it's called midgard musings you can send a voice message to me that away as well um but yeah like i said you know here we are um continuing on with our random heathen ramblings wanted to touch on the question that uh crow over there from the deathlanders uh, when he sent his uh feedback in so thank you crow for that i really appreciate the interaction really appreciate you asking questions that can spark more dialogue you know um, and he asked an interesting question he asked if um myself or our our tribe uh has any sort of like a pre-game ritual for hunting or if we do anything or if i do anything you know before going out there on a hunt you know so my uh, my response to that is um, I don't have anything currently that I do because I haven't gone hunting in quite some time. Um, mainly just you know due to the fact that you know when I first moved down from New York State to Tennessee, um, I was I was very young and I was getting into a new life that I didn't really think out or, or have a whole lot of you know understanding of what I was doing. I was I was thinking outside of my head, outside of my brain head. um, when I was doing what I was doing back then. But be that as it may, uh moved to Tennessee and settled into a life and I never really quite settled in a place long enough to um pursue hunting again. I used to do it a lot when I was a kid and in in my young adult years while living in New York. Um, small game, big game, you know, turkey, deer um vermin control, you know, like we would uh we would have a pretty bad problem with squirrels and coyotes and other types of uh what we would call vermin or pests and um woodchucks we called them too. They were like those gopher things, you know, really fat chunky boys. Um they would always dig up the yards and, and the fields and really wreak havoc on your on your crops too, just digging stuff up. So uh between it all, you know, I I very comfortable around firearms and my uncle and, and the people that I grew up around were avid hunters as well so um, I was brought up around it uh, hunting fishing you know you name it um, matter of fact you know most of my childhood I can say whenever I was not doing anything that was you know school or work chores you know that sort of thing I was the kid that was out in the woods I didn't Sit for long lengths of time in front of the television, or um, we really didn't even believe it or not have internet um, until I was like a teenager. So we did, you know, what computers we had was was you know not connected to the internet. It was one of those old like boxy Apple Mac computers or whatever it was that you used to see in like the public libraries. And it would take like 30 years for the darn thing to load up. Um, no internet. So again, all my all my spare time, whatever time I had, was spent. In nature, learning things about nature, um, which is an interesting thing because I did not grow up heathen. I did not grow up with any sort of pagan or heathen, um, you know, ideals. It was it was a very strict, strict and structured uh, Christian uh, environment that I grew up in, and belief system and worldviews and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but regardless, um, I'm glad that I grew up around the people that I did and learned the things that I did about about nature, about, you know, um, surviving um, and being self-sufficient to the point of growing your own food and raising your own livestock and all that kind of stuff, you know, worked on a farm for years, uh, probably a little, actually, it was over a decade that I worked on a a farm that we raised beef cattle and uh, cut our own firewood and all that kind of stuff. But so, you know, I never, uh, I never resumed hunting or any of those Extracurricular activities. When I moved down to Tennessee, I was moving around a lot. Uh, when I seemed to get settled somewhere, it was, you know, kind of in a more uh, heavily populated area, like you know, in inner city uh, type environments. You know, they weren't very big cities. There was a lot of ruralness to the areas that I lived across the state, and I could have taken the opportunity to, you know, get my hunting license and do all those. Sorts of things to get get myself set up for hunting in my areas, uh, but I just never did. Um, too many other things going on in my life, I guess at the time. And then, you know, here we now, here we are now, living 15 years. Or here I am now, <laughs> living 15 years in the state, um, and haven't once gone gone hunting um, for like big game or whatever. But the uh, sort of you know. What, what Crow was asking about any sort of ritual or whatever beforehand uh, made me th- made me think, you know, because the, maybe the question was, was pointed to, you know, any, any sort of religious or spiritual rituals before hunting, any sort of, you know, I don't know, like sacrifice to the gods or, or a prayer even or, or something to honor the sacred before going out on a hunt, um, anything like that. And while that may have not been a... Uh, anything like that when I was, you know, a, a young man and you know, going from my youth into my young adult years, um, there was definitely uh, ritual elements to my preparation um, of going hunting, and some of that may have been offering a prayer to my deity at the time, um, praying for a successful hunt because the 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 hunt was. Um, and always has been for me, you know, uh, an, an action taken to provide for your family, provide for your, you know, your tribe, your whatever group you want to call it, um, and your loved ones and those people who are nearest and dearest to, to you because the, the fruits of your labor, you know, the game that you caught that was uh, or, 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 or killed in the hunt, whether it be, you know, and I say caught, I mean, like if you're trapping or if you're fishing, you caught something. But if you took a life took the game out that you were uh, going out for, deer, turkey, whatever it was, that was shared with the community. That was shared with our, um, you know, it was was a church community at the time, but, you know, you you add a different name to whatever it was. So you could say, you know, to the tribe or um, to the kindred or whatever you want to name. That was what it was for. It wasn't for sport. You know, it wasn't just to see, you know, how many tags you could fill for the year. It was uh, for, to provide for the community, and everybody had their, um, it, you know, we, we, were, we shared it. So, the, the, the aspect of, you know, uh, appealing to a deity um, or, or praying for a successful hunt, it was to gift to the tribe, to gift to the community, and to provide for those that maybe didn't go hunting themselves. You know, so in that aspect, in one, in one aspect, I would say that that's one way that I would've had a, a sort of ritual, you know, uh, before going hunting. Secondly, there were literal physical things that I would do that have a very very ritual uh, aspect to it, I feel, and it made me think, because if you didn't put the name, you know, that this was a ritual part of things, you may not think it. Uh, for instance, I'm talking about preparing the night before. Or the morning of, you know, and the morning of, you know, um, laying out your clothes in a certain area uh, that you would go hunting in and your, your attire, everything that you wore from your headgear to your um, camouflage, to the footwear, uh, to the weapon that you took out, your hunting implement, the, whether it be a rifle or a bow or whatever it was, you know, everything had a spot, and everything had a place. Um, and I would prepare that way the night before, and so I would get into this mindset that I'm I'm about to embark on a hunt either that night, the next day, the morning, whatever it was. Um, and it would prepare me and it would get me into a state of mind to, to know what it is I was doing. I would get up that morning and I would know exactly where my things were, and I would have you know a small ritual of you know, whether it be drinking coffee or have a bite to eat or read a little bit or something to just kind of prepare my mind um, for things. And then I would go out, you know, quite often it would be before the sun ever came up. So it was, you know, um, going into a dark and sometimes unfamiliar place. You, know, you may have scouted areas before. That's the other thing, too. Scouting, um, preparing yourself physically for the hunt ahead. You know, we wouldn't just as, as many times as I can think of, you know, I wouldn't just um, decide oh, I'm going hunting, you know, uh, in this area, or I'm going to go hunting in that area without first knowing that area. You know, knowing what the terrain was like and preparing in that way. And I feel like those are some very ritual elements to um, preparing for for something that can turn out to be such a special thing. You know, something so sacred. Even if you don't uh, take anything during the hunt, even if you don't, even if you come back empty-handed. You know, the experience um, gives you a lot of opportunities you know I can remember uh, going out on hunts and sitting still and you know for hours because you wanted to blend in you wanted to be part of the forest you wanted to be part of your surroundings and to blend in with the natural wildlife and things that would happen and go around you, you know so there was yes there may be scouting yes there may be tracking that you would do but then there was also times for you to sit still to wait and to be patient. And then during those times, you know, your mind gets to, to thinking, you get to, you know, your, your senses get to be um, heightened you know, with the things that you see, the things that you hear, you know, you look and you scan your landscape and you see things in a way that you maybe hadn't seen before. You know, the woods look a lot different at 5am when the sun comes up than it does at high noon or even at six o'clock in the evening when the sun is setting or whatever you know those those areas those terrains you know, shadows cast different images and uh, sounds and, and uh, the atmosphere you know things feel different things look different um, in a lot of those you know ways and uh, so I feel like there's a lot of ritual elements to reaching the the hunt and, and before you start your hunt up to and including the hunt you know never mind the fact that you know when you see that animal coming that you are hunting for. You know, when you receive the opportunity to um, raise up your your firearm and and place the crosshairs uh, on the body of the animal and and harvest it, um, or draw back your bow, and in those seconds it takes to steady yourself, and relax yourself, there's so many different things about everything leading up to and including the hunt that is very ritualistic, I feel. You know, so maybe in some ways, um, I didn't perform any, as you might say, a ritual, you know, laying things out for the gods or or sacrificing something in, 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 as a gift gesture to the sacred to bless the hunt um, or whatever. But in my own ways, I, and at those times, I feel that there were many ritual elements to the hunt and and everything leads up that leads up to it. I don't really know what the rest of my people do or 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 have done in their lives i don't know of anybody right now that is currently a uh an avid hunter or active hunter that's part of the tribe you know but the tribe is still young and it's still new and there's very few members and we're slowly but surely growing so that could be something that we um develop as you say you know uh, words lead to more words and deeds lead to more deeds and as tribes grow as people grow as we determine or develop traditions Um, that could be come something that is a part of said traditions, you know. Um, the areas that, you know, most of the people that I know live in are closer to the city, but there are family members of those people that live in more rural areas that are way out, kind of in the sticks, you know, barely any cell phone service, you know, neighbors are far apart, and there's land and, and property to that they have permission to hunt or, or whatever on so um sure i mean it's it's definitely something that can become more part of our tribe traditions or individual traditions so i think it's a great question and i think it's a lot of uh you know gives some food for thought um especially coming from like a heathen perspective you know the hunt is such a sacred thing um hear about stories in the lore like the wild hunt you know and what that all means of course you know actual hunting and harvesting of animals is something that is very uh was, was very common for our ancient ancestors maybe not even so ancient you know folks that uh grew up in your areas uh within the last century you know that would um not have food on the table if they didn't catch it themselves or grow it themselves you know all that sort of thing um so I think it's great. I think it's a great thing to think about. Um, there are even certain deities in, uh, you know, Norse paganism or Norse heathenry. I think think of Uller as one of them, god of, uh, you know, uh, that is that is often attested to in the lore as having things to do with hunting and sport and competition and things of that nature. That, you know, you're, uh, yes, you may be going out to to You know, harvest food for your family, but there's a there's a game involved. It's you know there's outsmarting the the wildlife and and being silent and and concealed and you know all these various things that just while you may be trying to provide a meal for your loved ones, it's not just as simple as driving them to the store, to the market, or to the butcher and saying, "Give me a pound of this, give me a pound of that." You know, there's skill involved. There's there's mental and physical skill. Involved with something like that. So, great question, uh, Gothy Crow from the Deathlanders over there in Idaho. So, thank you so much for uh, sending that in, and and I hope that that long response, (laughs) uh, which was pretty long, uh, gives you some things to think about as well as as you gave things uh, to me to think about, and hopefully all of the listeners here as well. You know, so uh, everybody that's listening, you know, what is your hunting ritual or pre-game ritual before you go hunting, even or whatever you want to call it? You know, do you have one? If you do, you can call into the Midgard Musings hotline. Once again, that number is six, uh, 615-671-9832. Standard rates do apply, so wherever you're calling from, remember that, um, and it is a domestic number. So you may need to dial one to reach the United States if you are calling internationally. But again, it's 615-671-9832. And if you want to just send a quick message to the podcast through Anchor, anchor.fm slash Midgard Musings. Send me a voice message also through uh, the Anchor app. So uh, let me know what you guys think about that. Do you guys have your own ritual? Um, Let us know. So we're going to take a quick break. Listen to a few uh, things from folks that we hope you are going to support. They are either local heathen businesses uh, or craftsmen and women uh, that definitely deserve your support, uh, as well as some other Midgard music related things. So be sure to check all that stuff out that you're about to hear coming up, and when we return, we will continue on with the podcast and our random uh, stanza from the Havamal that we selected. Couldn't get it out there for a second, lost my place. (laughs) So, yeah, more random heathen ramblings and a random stanza from the Hovmall coming up right after these messages. Stick around, hey everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast thus far. I just wanted to draw your attention to a really cool website that uh, I've come across and uh, follow on Facebook and really cool stuff for your altar needs, anything that you need to decorate your altar with, specifically uh, wood carvings of uh, gods and goddesses. Um, and I'm talking about Odin's Beard Woodworking. Okay, If you go to www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com, check out all the really cool altar pieces that they have. Not only do they have larger altar pieces that you can keep on your altar at home but uh, they also offer really convenient cool pocket altars things that you can take with you as and when you travel alright uh, you can find them on Facebook Odin's Beard Woodworking uh, and go to Odin's Beard Woodworking uh, really great stuff they're doing wonderful things um, serving the uh, heathen community providing really awesome work I myself have a Thor Uh, altar piece it's a Thor pocket altar um, and he sits on my altar at all times but he also goes with me when and as I travel uh, great distances so definitely check them out um, on Facebook Odin's Beard Woodworking and go to their website www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com and get you something to help accentuate your altar today thanks guys unique, one-of-a-kind silver, pagan, heathen, and occult designs only at Maccabay. There are various Mjolnirs listed on two different Etsy shops. I'll be providing those links for you here in just a moment. And they also do custom work. And like I said, they have various pagan, occult, and other heathen-inspired religious jewelry designs. Um, And specific custom work uh, requests are welcome. You can follow Maccabay on Instagram which is at Maccabay designs that's M-A-K-A-B-E-T designs or on Facebook at Maccabay now to find them on Etsy you'll go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Maccabay designs that's M-A-K-A-B-E-T designs uh, for all the socially acceptable designs and then for more of the fun occult and adult type designs You can go to etsy.com slash shop slash hammer. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E, hammer. Check them out today and let us know what you think. Hey, everybody. Did you know that Midgard Musings has apparel for both men and women and even children, children and infants? not gonna lie it's pretty cool uh midgard musings apparel is available on teespring teespring offers awesome quality uh merchandise i own one myself i actually bought my own merchandise you got t-shirts you've got hoodies um you know bathing suits uh on all other kinds of things too not just apparel um cell phone cases tote bags masks right because of this whole pandemic thing so if you go and search for Midgard Musings Teespring in your web browser, you will find a link to the Midgard Musings Store. Pay attention now because the URL is a bit wacky. It is midgard-musings-store.myteespring.co. co. right, but it's easier for you were to just go to Google and search for Midgard Musings Teespring Apparel. Um, take a look and see what you got. Like I said, we've got... Sweatshirts, T-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, phone cases, tote bags, onesies for infants, coffee mugs, um, all kinds of neat stuff. So head on over to Teespring. Find your Midgar Musings apparel over there. It does help support the channel monetarily. So take a look and see if there's anything over there that you like. We've got all kinds of sizes and colors for men, women, children, and even infants. So the holidays are coming up. And these make great gifts for your loved ones. So go ahead and check out Big Garden Musings Apparel on Teespring and let us know what you think. Thanks. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I've got something really neat I want to share with you guys. Um, If you are looking to engage with someone Uh, who is into holistic crystal energy healing. Um, They are an herbalist, aromatherapist, tarot reader, Reiki master, magical worker, things like that. I want you guys to check out uh, Stephanie over at Mystic Moon Tree based out of Georgetown, California. All right, you can check her website out, www.mysticmoontree.com. Uh, She is available for in-person and online video chat sessions by appointment only. In addition to the holistic crystal energy workings and things like that, she sells uh, metaphysical and magical supplies, herbal remedies, teas, lotions, soaps, candles, uh, different spells, potions, whole herbs. Um, She also offers the actual spiritual healing sessions, readings, magic lessons, Um, if you're in her area and she can uh, work it out to come to you she'll do home cleansing and protection amongst other things all of her information is on the website check out mysticmoontree.com get in touch with stephanie over there and see how she can help you in areas such as this so thank you guys for listening let's get back to the podcast everybody welcome back thanks for sticking around with me after that brief uh break hope you guys enjoyed what you've heard during the break and that you're checking out everything along the way some really good stuff out there from local heathen artisans craftsmen and women uh just doing their thing trying to give back to their respective communities and uh maybe make a buck or two you know earn a living provide for their hearths and homes so definitely please be sure to check out everything that you've heard thus far and see if it's uh, something that you find interesting. So uh, continuing on, I wanted to kind of give you a recap of um, things over the last week or so since you've, you know, last heard from me. The, the last podcast that went up was, um, let see, it was on uh, the 27th, just a few days before the tribe that I am... Uh, Part of celebrated our Yulevetsu or the Yule feast, modeled and fashioned a bit after the more historical heathen view of Yuletide celebrations. So while we did not celebrate Yule for three nights, nor did we have our Yule feast on the first night of Yule. Instead, we rather held our Yule feast on the third night. We made some, you know, modifications to that because, let's face it, right. Not everybody can afford to take, you know, three days straight off from work and schedules are being what they are and lifestyles and such. We, uh, we found it more expedient and beneficial to have it on a weekend, um, just, you know, on the third day of Yule. So it it worked out well enough for us. And, uh, boy, oh boy, was it a great, was it a great time? Um, uh, my wife and I hosted it at our house, um had a small group of those of our tribe and the nearest and dearest uh to us you know those that we would classify or say as part of our inner circle our innengard um we held our ritual here at the property um that was but it, that was kind of fun because um it was it was windy there was um some challenges getting our our fire started for the ritual and and stuff and there was just a whole bunch of. And uh, you know seemingly like roadblocks that would pop up um, for us to start our ritual but it did it, it did go over well. Uh, we had a wonderful wonderful time. I was um, busy all day cooking and preparing we made um, we had a, like a, a, a hickory smoked ham in the oven um, made a what's called a traveler's stew. Uh, the recipe came out of like a Dungeons and dragons cookbook but i love the name of it traveler stew because it makes, makes me think of odin um, and odin being one of our uh, you know one of the deities that we always hail and make sure to uh give an offering to during during yule it's been a tradition now for the last couple years so we want to maintain that tradition um so we made a traveler stew it's basically like a beef stew you know you make a, a hearty beef stock and you add whatever you want to it this one has potatoes and carrots um, you know, so it's just a really hearty beef stew and it hit hard, like it, I mean, hit hard, like it hit good. You know, it was, it was a good hearty stew, um, for a somewhat cold mid winter night. Uh, in addition to that, I made a neat mushroom soup. First time ever making it. Um, and it was very simple. It was, you know, I, I used basically some of the stock from the traveler's stew, for, for additional flavor but you know had some um, of course mushrooms there was celery carrots potatoes as well um, and uh, other seasonings and added some non-traditional seasonings because the recipe that I was pulling it from was very very bland it was like four or five ingredients I'm like I gotta doctor this up a little bit you know I gotta give it some sort of mm, you know some ptah, some whatever that pizza is I don't know but some some gusto you know what I mean so throwing some Rosemary and garlic and shallots and things like that to give it some nice flavors to cook in. Just slowly, slowly cook that in the afternoon. So we got a mushroom soup, a traveler stew. We had our ham. Um, had some uh, roasted potatoes, oven roasted red potatoes, which were just delicious. Um, uh, I made a Nordic nut loaf or, or Stone Age nut loaf. It's pretty cool. You can Google it if you go there to the old google machine <laughs> and just nordic nut bread or viking nut bread even you can, you can do that and you'll find a bunch of different recipes but essentially it's a variety of nuts and seeds i think the recipe that i use is has almonds pecans pecans depending on where you're from it's either pecan or pecan or pecan i think i'm in the south so i gotta say pecan walnuts flax seeds sunflower seeds uh i think the recipe also called for pumpkin seeds but i couldn't find any that were you know shelled and not you know flavored in any sort of way Uh, so they're all like raw nuts you know raw nuts and seeds um and then to make the loaf stick together the binding agent is just oil olive oil i use olive oil and eggs so there's no flour no starches or whatever included in this and you bake it in the oven for like an hour um and, of course, some of the oil or whatever will separate and rise to the top. You have to kind of uh, remove some of that or whatever. But then it, it comes right apart. You let it sit, you know, for like 20, 30 minutes, whatever. Um, and it falls right out of the, of, the lo- of the loaf pan. So, yeah, you put it all in the loaf pan, pack it down nice and tight. And you've got a dense, nutrient-rich seed bread loaf, whatever you want to call it. Of course, we also had some other things as well. One of our tribe members brought a apple crisp, which was delicious. He actually made it from scratch and and used millet seeds instead of like a a a crumble crust or whatever. It was really really good. One of our near near and dear friends brought a cinnamon bun cheesecake or a cinnamon cheesecake or something like that. It was really awesome. And then of course there was mead. You know there was mead was scotch there was wine there was all kinds of delicious drinks we drank ourselves silly played games we played this thing called that's what she said kind of like uh if you've ever watched that tv show the office which i'm a huge fan of by the way uh, michael scott you know that's what she said uh but the game itself is like basically like a uh, an even um uh, well i wouldn't say more raunchy version but it's like a you know it's it, it's like cards against humanity it's like a version of cards against humanity um but with the focus of you know more like uh, you know sexual innuendos and related things like that of an adult theme so it's it was really a fun and good time um and also we had like a meat meat meat, meat and cheese uh tray with like prosciutto and, and, and salami and beef sausages and all kinds of great thing so it was awesome you know the feast part of was a lot of work that I put into it all but it was a it was it was well worth it everybody seemed to really enjoy it um, so you know we we did our ham for a reason we made ham because um, one of the big things for us for Yule is to um, venerate and honor Freyr. so we wanted to have um, you know, we talked about menu items and, and I shared some ideas and everybody liked it um, to make things that were, um, that that you know were like a nod to Freyr, and that seemed you know really was a, an honor to him. So of course Ham, you know a little bit of Gulenbrusti, um, to 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 bless the the feast with, you know, it was tradition at least at one point to swear oaths over a boar, you know. So while we could not perhaps harvest or consume wild boar, we got the next best thing, and it was. Hickory smoked ham uh, the nut and seed bread was also uh, in, in in respect or honor to Frere because of the fertility aspects of Frere you know nuts and seeds are where um, the the life of the tree and the thing that that grows from is from the nut or the seed portion quite often so it was a uh, symbol to consume and, and eat things that are very uh, fertility and uh, um, you know things for good crops that sort of thing we wanted to make sure that that was part of the part of the feast as well and um and so there was a lot of thought and and, and whatnot to go into this whole thing another great thing that happened uh this year that hadn't happened before was um argothi who's been on this podcast before dingo Uh, you go back to my podcast catalog and just look for the one of was rambling with a dingo that's that that dingo right there he's my govi, he's my brother he's um, just an awesome awesome person his daughter his young daughter uh, came and she was part of the ritual and she was part of he, you know the whole thing which was a first and that's you know that's that's what really really just touches our hearts is when we have our children and, and the children of the tribe you know become part of things and she was right there you know, in the fire, and it was so cute because we got you know my wife was outside of the ritual area, which was just in our yard for the for the sake of logistics. We couldn't really do it anywhere else. But she was taking you know some pictures of of what we were doing outside of our ritual space. And uh, Dingo's daughter, it was so cute cause she was standing there, and she has this this handmade wand that her dad made that Dingo made for her. Uh, I believe it's made out of cedar. Little branch, you know, and it's sanded and it's smooth and it's got like a leather lanyard in it. It's her, it's her wand, and she brought it. And she was standing there by the fire, and we were reading our ritual, and we were going through our motions. And uh, the picture that my wife caught was of of her standing there with holding holding her wand high in the air and looking up to the sky and stuff. And it was just so awesome to see her. being involved in the ritual you know she knew what she was doing you could tell you could look at her face from the pictures you could see her face her expression and she was doing her thing man like she was doing her thing and she knew exactly what she was doing whatever it was you know I can't necessarily say for sure what it was that she was doing but but the gods you know she knew what she was doing and I'm sure that because of that sincerity and because of that genuine focus on intent um, that the gods noticed as well. Um, so we did that. We had our feast. We we had um, we exchanged gifts or we gave gifts, you know, um, uh, as as hosts and hostess. My wife and I, we we each got gifts for for all of our attendees uh, and our guests. Um, two of the guests are uh, gave gifts to my wife and I. I got a bottle of mead, and she got something cool for. Um, she's a big like Nightmare Before Christmas fanatic, and she loves that. So she got something cool. Nightmare Before Christmas themed and then after that, all that was done we uh, cleaned up a little bit to prepare for our Sumble ritual which is as some of you may know I've done some podcast episodes about what Sumble is but it's you know toasts, boasts and oaths we uh, had a really long round of toasts and a pretty long round of boasts, uh, no oaths this year uh, which is okay, I never pressure anybody into feeling like they have to oath anything uh, because of the severity and because of the uh, solemnity of an oath. Um, it's a joyous thing. It's a wonderful thing. It ha- carries a lot of weight and a lot of power. Um, but I never pressure anyone into doing it. And um, so no, there were no oaths given or taken at Yule this year. Uh, but you've got the rest of the year. we hopefully we'll be doing some more, you know, tribe gatherings and things where, um, a bo- a, you know, oath can be uh, incorporated. It's not an uncommon thing to have toasts, boasts, oaths and, and sumble part of other major you know, holy tides and, and events that we might hold. So, it could happen. 2021 is just starting off. And um, so, yeah, that's the recap of our, our Yule Feast for uh, this year. Um, so, there you go. If you guys and gals out there also celebrated Yule in your own ways, uh, you know, recently right around that last full moon that just passed, then Go to you and yours as well so let's get into wrapping up this episode with our random stanza from the Havamal today's stanza is going to be stanza 120 which depending on the translation of the Havamal that you're reading from um it might be numbered as stanza 122 It might be 119. So I'm going to read, as usual, from a number of versions, Auden and Taylor. Starting off with Hollander, move over to, you know, Bellows, Bray, Thorpe, even, and then the Jackson Crawford Wanderers have them all to wrap it up. You know, so starting off with uh, in the Hollander translation. Now this is one of those stanzas that. You know, the first like five, six lines or whatever it is, is the counsel to Lothfafnir. you know, uh, heed my words, heed them well, learn it, it will end you, you know, it will bode you well if you listen, it will serve you well if you follow thus, thus and thus not. And so I'm, I'm going to kind of just skip past those parts because each translation reads basically the same way with just a few variations, you know, instead of like hear thou, it might be hear me or counsel thee or read thee or whatever so the uh hollander translation after that you know um admonition to whoever this Lodfafnir fafnir uh character is odin is speaking in in these stanzas uh so in the hollander translation after that intro it reads as a good man seek thou to gain as thy friend and learn to make thyself loved all right uh the uh I forget his first name, but Terry. The, the Terry translation. Um, Rejoice in talk with a man you respect and learn healing spells all your life. Auden and Taylor is with a good man, it is good to talk. Make him your fast friend. But waste no words on a witless oaf, nor sit with a senseless ape. Um, and then the other... See, we got uh, Thorpe and Bellows. So the Thorpe is uh, a good man attract to thee in pleasant converse and salutary speech. Learn while thou livest. That was the Benjamin Thorpe translation. Um, The Bellows translation reads, a good man find to hold in friendship and give heed to his healing charms. Uh, The Oliver Bray translation might as well just run with that one as well. In sweet converse, call the righteous to thy side. Learn a healing song while thou livest. And then the uh, Jackson Crawford translation is... uh, Get a good man to join you in joyful talk and learning... And learn a healing spell while you live. You know, so um, I like this one, and I think it's a good one to be... um, to come across, uh, it fits well for the times that uh, come after Yule for for me specifically, and maybe others as well. Um, in case you've been, you know, spending time with your loved ones, uh, you know, celebrating as 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 you may. Um, but I think it's great because you know some people nowadays, especially with you know social media, um, people tend to be more concerned with you know their their quantity of friends as opposed to quality and I believe I've done a podcast episode about something like this before but it seems to be a recurring theme that it's you know it's not about how many friends you have it's not a many quote friends you have like your your social media followers your subscribers your listeners your um you know how many likes you have on a post how many retweets you have on a on a tweet or whatever the heck you know, it's not about the quantity; it's about the quality. And life is not a race of, you know, seeing how many humans we can collect. You know, yes, it helps for things like this because we live in a society. We live in a we live in a society. You know, we live in a day and age where so much about what um, things are being done is to um, get into you know so into popularity. I'm going to take a, pr- a quick breather. I have to take a quick breather on this. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, folks. Sorry about that brief interruption. I was receiving an inbound call from the wife. So you know how that goes. Whenever she calls, it's uh, you never know what's going to happen. And I always want to make sure that I'm taking time for my lovely wife. So getting back to the to the stanza, you know, that we just listened to or that I just read. Um, quality over quantity. It's not about how many people we collect, but but in the today's day and age, as I said before, it, we live in a society that a lot of what people do for, uh, whether it be a hobby or whether it be some sort of residual income or whether it be their livelihood is based on social media followings, you know, and, and how many people you get. So you get this you know sometimes i think people can get a false sense of um, the 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 type of people the quality of people that they get based off of the numbers you know they look at the numbers and they see i've got this amount of likes followers subscribers listeners whatever like yeah all that's neat and all that's cool and it, it you know it may it has its place in you know a business uh, setting or or in a business context or in a you know in certain contexts it has its place for sure um, but it never should replace the you know, good friends, the good human contacts that we can have by actual interactions. It's not it's it's it shouldn't be the gauge that we measure our quality against. You know what I mean? Um, people who truly care and will be there for you. Like the reason why I feel like the stanza hits so well from for, for me specifically around this time is because Yule, right? Like I just got done talking about. Small event for us, you know, very small event, nearest and dearest, and that's how I like it, and that's how we like it. That's the way we operate right now. We don't want a big, huge thing going on, and it, f- it feels better when we've got, you know, you know, in small numbers, and the quality is there. You know, if numbers increase and more people become a part of it, it's because they have proven themselves to be good types of people to tie our weird with and to share our lives with because those good types of people are and become good friends they're hard to come by and i feel like cherishing those relationships and nurturing those friendships and making sure that the grass doesn't grow too high between the you know the roads between us that we communicate often that we share in good speech and learn healing spells and we learn all these you know wonderful things um to that they can learn from us and we can learn from them uh, wh- by spending actual time with them, you know, and by not giving up uh, those quality things and those quality times for other seemingly you know well I can't spend time with you tonight because I gotta you know, I gotta record this video, I gotta put this video out or and if it's not, you know, if it's like I said if it's not your livelihood, if it's not your um, if it's not winning your bread, you know what I'm saying? If it's not bringing you the, the meat on your table and providing for your family, like if that's if it's your job, it's one thing. If that's your career, if that's the thing that provides, then it's one thing. Um, You have a, an obligation to your family to do that sort of thing. It'd be like going to any other job. But if it's, you know, hobbies, uh, like just now, for instance, you know, I'm reading stanzas, I'm talking about things to to listeners across all the world when my wife calls and guess what happens I stop what I'm doing, I pause the podcast and I come back and this is real time so you see and you understand that what I say I do <laughs> so I try to be that way as, as much as I possibly can I, I am not the type of person who would um, feel good about saying one thing and then defying what I say and doing another thing You know, going against what I say Never been like that. Um, I think it's a horrible way to be. Um, leaders and, and, and great people lead by example and they do things um, and then they don't have to tell people what to do. They don't have to say, go do this, go do that, because they do it themselves and people follow by example. People learn by example, I feel, as well. And I'm by no means saying that you guys should follow me or whatever what I do. It's, I mean, it's uh, how you support Midgard Musings is great. It's appreciated. And, you know, I. I'm very fortunate to to have the opportunity to do these these types of things and these sorts of things uh, for my audience wherever you may be, and I greatly appreciate the the feedback. But I don't want it to be misconstrued as that I l- neglect everything else. And you guys saw and experienced that, maybe not physically saw or visually saw, but you listened and you heard and you experienced this exact thing that I'm talking about right now, just a few minutes ago. So as always, anxious to hear what you think and uh what you have to say so be sure to if you want to just send a voice message into the anchor podcast where this is where this is published from where this is broadcasted from you may be listening on this podcast on on a number of different platforms it could be spotify it could be apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. i don't know wherever you're listening from if you go to anchor.fm slash midgard musing send me a voice message let me know what your thoughts are on this stanza If you want to talk a little bit more than the one-minute time limit that Anchor gives you, you can call the hotline at 615-671-9832. So thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of Random Heathen Ramblings here on the Midgard Musings Podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes for all the ways that you can support Midgard Musings. There's a Linktree link up there. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter, like the Facebook page, become a patron on Patreon, by Merchandise Through Teesprings, everything that you've heard thus far throughout the podcast. You can find all that information and where to find it in the show notes above. So be sure to check that out at your convenience. See what fits you. Thank you all again for continuing to support the Midgard Musings podcast. Until next time, hail and may your hearth fires continue to always burn bright.